KMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. What does it feel like to have a multiverse experience? Who are we? And what does reality really mean? And do we have time to answer all these questions and more? Hey there, I'm Ben with you flying solo this evening because my dad is currently coming back from a much-needed vacation because it is finally the end of July. So tonight with me I have uh, Ted Torbich. And once I get to Zbio, Ted Torbich is also a uh, fellow broadcaster like myself and my dad who... Uh, well, Ted, welcome to Behind the Paranormal while I get your bio ready. Oh, uh, thank you, Ben. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here. I certainly enjoy you and your father's work very much, and I always listen to the show. It makes for, uh, for great listening for my podcasts when I'm at work. Oh, well, thank you. And you've mm-hmm. been a uh, radio show host since 2010, and you're starting, you are starting on uh, Blog Talk uh, Radio and eventually moving on to Inception Radio back in the day. And uh, where our shows are, where, where your shows are now, and uh, you've interviewed a wide variety of guests, as well as doing videos on YouTube for a while, and your channel focuses mostly on uh, politics, economics, and somewhat controversial issues, and profanity is used, which we <laughs> cannot use on here. Indeed, so, yes. <laughs> and you have a very loyal following, and currently you have 8,000 subscribers, and that is very impressive. And through your uh, radio show, you've had uh, the pleasure of talking to many people, making many friends, and working in the paranormal and conspiracy fields. And then has also afforded you the opportunity to discuss the nature of the uh, rea- nature of reality, which we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. And uh, the and with these uh, people and purposes and possible solutions to many mysteries of the paranormal, you've worked with Andy Colvin, who I must say I do not know who he is. Unfortunately, would you uh, enlighten me on who he is? Well, actually, you guys, you guys had him on, on your we? show a while See, back. See, I'm yeah. so – they all blend together. <laughs> <laughs> they all blend together. He's actually, called the Mothman's Photographer. There we go. Yep, now I remember. Now there I remember. It's all coming back to me. And you did uh, work with John Keel? Or, well, you're bringing John Keel's back into – work back into the public well, eye. Well, that's, yeah. that's what Andy is doing, yes. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, now, now it's coming back to me. <laughs> it's all coming back to me slowly. It's been a very, very rough 15 minutes. <laughs> and you're currently putting together uh, material for a book. And uh, yeah, we'll get more to that towards the end of the show. So let's, let's kick off uh, the uh, hour by asking you a really simple question. Sure. So what exactly was your experience? Well, um, it's, uh, it's unlike anything that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I can equate it to... Uh, uh, having an having a sort of um, surrealistic moment uh, mm-hmm. where um, something doesn't seem right to you for some reason, you know yeah. what I mean? But it was much more profound than that. And uh, I can actually I can actually remember very specifically Ben um, standing there, and I had this this um, double life experience, and that's really what it was. And uh, um, at the same exact moment in time, I was two different people. And I was myself, as I am here in this reality. Mm-hmm. And I was another individual. 
And um, for a moment, I was actually confused uh, as to who I really was because both of them had become so enmeshed during that short interval of time. And just to impart on you the gravity of this, have you ever, like, felt uh, a kind of, like... um, it's hard to describe, but it feels as though there's like a curtain coming down around you. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know. I I read your I read through the uh, email a few times, and yeah, I know yeah, exactly what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. It was very. It was like, it was like uh, something descending upon me, and it was very profound. And um, I tried to remember as many details as I could because I realized that what I was experiencing was something really, really strange and bizarre. And it's something that I had never experienced before. And what I think is so interesting about this to me is that all of my, all of my own research and all of the things that I do, you know, related to the paranormal, you know, interviewing people and talking to people about their theories and ideas and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. um, that causes me to do my own research in the field as well you know, I'm I'm no researcher, you know, according to the quotation researcher mark, you know, um, yeah, yeah, not that, but I'm a, you know, I'm an enthusiast and I do my own reading and research on my own time. And um, what it has led me to is material such as what you guys present on your show, uh, the multiversal approach to looking at the paranormal, uh, but also uh, it has led me into the direction of consciousness studies, which uh, this, I think, directly relates on. And there's a direct corollary between what you guys do and what and what consciousness study is all about. So what do you mean by consciousness study? Well, well obviously, the study of consciousness. But could you talk a little bit more about it? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, there's a... There, there is a, a burgeoning field right now, I think, and I think it's probably set to explode over the next maybe 10 years or so, I think. Uh, this is my own take on it, mm-hmm. where people are actually going to start studying the nature of consciousness itself as, a, as an integral part of what it means to be a human being. And you know, of course, that there are many uh, uh, different points of view as to where consciousness comes from. You have the, the mechanistic uh, uh, scientific viewpoint, which has it as being a byproduct of chemical reactions and uh, neurology within the brain. Yeah. And then there's another view, which has it that consciousness lies outside the brain, that it's independent from the brain itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I fall into the latter camp, camp on that score. I believe that consciousness does reside outside of us. And by consciousness study, I am trying to see if I can find links and connections and, and ways in which uh, consciousness impinges upon reality and trying to come to terms with how consciousness actually affects reality and how reality affects consciousness and, and trying to, to come to some determination as to um, the mechanism of action and exactly how it interacts with our, with our, if you want to call it, physical body. Yeah. So, if that, if if you uncover something, like would would I be able to ask a question such as, can we control it, or is it even about control, whereas understanding it and manipulating it? Of course, maybe it's coming from a Western perspective where it's like, hey, we want to control stuff. 
Well, it's all yeah. about control. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look back, see, see, here's another thing too. Uh, I, I believe, like in the past, whenever we had, um, when we had, uh, you know, the U.S. government investigating various various aspects of psychic phenomenon, mm. I think they probably um, came up with uh, some. They had like um, they probably had uh, inroads into some of this stuff. Oh yeah. Okay, and when they ended a lot of the programs that they were doing, such as the uh, remote viewing and things like this, I think they ended it on purpose because they were going in a direction that they didn't want that kind of research to get out because it it could lead to future huge leaps in understanding humanity and you know our place in the universe or multiverse, if you will. And um, so, uh, yeah, you could ask those questions, and I think that there are there there are people and groups probably who would want to control this, you know. And if there was a technological way to do it, they'd be working on this technology right now, you know, in order to do that. But uh, also, it is an avenue for us to be more free in the expression of ourselves. Yeah, I guess. Well. I feel as if we we like to say on the show that there are uh, that we've had such such knowledge as this. Like we knew we knew how to survive using the multiverse or consciousness or whatever you want to call it back when we were like Neanderthals and such. Like having a sixth sense, for lack of better words, because words you, they're very hard to use to describe the indescribable, if you will, and some would say that we've forgotten this, but other cultures haven't. But even then, we have a habit of destroying other people's cultures. So would you say that we just sort of forgot this knowledge? I think that it's a combination of uh, forgetting and the fact that we've been overcrowded with uh, impulse Mm -hmm. and uh, with uh, sensation. Um, With the introduction of civilization and uh, our becoming tied to the land and becoming agricultural people, uh, more people became concentrated in places. And if we had such skills as telepathy, ESP, and things of this nature, the the amount of people around us certainly would be uh, a cacophony after a while if you had no way to turn it off. And if we develop ways to turn off, you know, whatever it is, the sixth sense and and some of these other things, intuition and that, um, maybe we turned it off too far. And it's really hard to get it back once you've done that. Uh, Yeah. Well, we do tend to block things out. There are many, many, many distractions, especially in the West. So... Uh, we're coming up on a break in a little bit, but I wanted to ask you something because I was reading through I, – I was looking through this email, and one thing that struck me was that you put myself in quotes when you first started talking about, talking about the experience. So why would you put it in quotes? Well, the, 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 reason, the, the reason why I did that was uh, because um, at that po- point in time, you know, when I was looking back on it, I didn't know which of those cells was me in the sense of which – which universe am I supposed to be residing in? Mm. <laughs> I mean, am I am I just here, like, experiencing this one from the other perspective, or am I in the other world experiencing this one from that perspective? We're um, experiencing both at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's really what it boiled down to, to me. 
Um, but I, I was trying to put it in the point of view of saying that which point of reference was I coming from? Mm. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah Was yeah. I coming from the point of reference of that other universe where I was somewhat different than I am now? And we could, uh, I could actually describe, you know, the various things of it when we come back from the break, if you like. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, speaking of which, that was a very good so- segue. <laughs> it's good to have another broadcaster on with us here, right here behind the paranormal on CBS New Sky Radio. Stay with us. Seeking guidance in areas of love, career, and family? Kimmy Rose and Friends provides access to gifted psychics and is just a call away at 1-888-626-7386. Visit KimmyRose.com. That's Kimmy with an I-E. And click on the link to Kimmy Rose and Friends under Kimmy's picture on the right. Choose your advisor and click on their link below. If they're not immediately available, schedule an appointment with them. Kimmy Rose and Friends connecting you with psychic advisors, Kimmy trust.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And we have our wonderful guest, Ted Torbish. And we are consulting about... Uh, the mysteries of consciousness and his wonderful multiverse experience that is just full of interesting little tidbits and of information and explaining how the experience works. So, Ted, go go right ahead and continue. Okay. Well, um, I think maybe uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell everybody exactly what it was that I experienced, and uh, it was just a, a normal day for me. I was at work, and in this in this reality, I'm. I work a job at the, at the uh, U.S. Postal Service, and um, um, I sort mail, and I work inside of a building. So, you know, I'm not outside or anything like this. I didn't have anything unusual happen to me or any, you know, certainly no alternate uh, um, uh, levels of consciousness were activated as far as I know. It was just uh, at a particular point in time during the day I had this overwhelming thing descend upon me, as I as I said earlier, and it was like a weight almost, and it felt as though I was in like um, uh, like a very thick fog, or even in water, perhaps like the atmosphere had become that dense, and I had these um, flashes in my mind of memories of of me, like from the same day, from like prior in the day showing me racing to a class that I was supposed to be going to. And uh, I could see myself running through uh, a building, and uh, I was um, trying to make it to this class, and I had this entire backstory in my mind, in my memory about this, that this is a class that I had been late for many times, and uh, that I can't afford to be late anymore. And so I was racing trying to get there. <clears throat> and these were not just like things that um, had any corollary to anything else. They were just like memories in my mind. And I had very vivid images of them. Now, I couldn't tell you what I looked like or, or describe um, myself because I didn't see myself. Uh, in any of the memories, which I think is probably more um, of what you would expect from something like that. If I'm actually having a memory, I'm not going to remember myself, you know, in it, so to speak. But um, anyway, that was about that was about the totality of what I experienced. It was like but while that was happening, I also had this, um, you know, I'm here now doing the thing that I'm doing and then it just hit me so hard and so profoundly that <clears throat> I'm not just here now doing this. I'm obviously somewhere else doing something else as well. That makes me more than just who I am here in this reality. And that was just so amazing to me. It was just such an unbelievable experience. It's it's just so hard to describe and put into into words. But I can say this. I honestly was confused. I honestly was confused for about 30 seconds as to, like, do I really belong here? Am I, am I in the wrong place? Uh, and, you know, perhaps that terminology is not 
you know, 100% accurate to describe it, but it, it does give the feeling of what I'm trying to say. Oh, no, I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very hard to um, communicate such an experience because it's so out of the ordinary for certain people. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've had very similar experiences to that, most of which I've never talked about on here. Um, it's the, the closest way to describe it is dreamlike. Yeah, and, it had a dreamlike quality, yes. But really, really, really very vivid. But you used a fun word in your, uh, in, in your email, and that was uh, unreality. Would you uh, care to elaborate on that? Yes. Well, unreality would be, um, it, it's like an extension of, of something being unreal. It's sort of like um, uh, it, it, an overwhelming sense that uh, whatever you had experienced as real in your life uh, is not. That, the, that, that everything is not reality, it is instead unreality. It's, it's not a true re- reflection of reality as you had formerly known it or as whatever life you're living, you're living in that reality. So unreality in that sense would be um, a, a profound sense of everything not being what it's supposed to be. Hmm. That, is, that is an interesting way of putting it, but how do we know that it's not how it's supposed to be? Well, we don't. I mean, we could have, <laughs> you know, we could go down the reductionist uh, point. We really could do that. Yeah, to the absurd conclusion, as they used to say, you know, uh, the argumentum ad absurdum, uh, where you could take it to all the way to the end. But, you know, everybody's had these kind of things. We could put in a very simple uh, um, metaphor for people to understand. Everybody has had a conversation with somebody at some point in their time where they, you know, contemplate something that's very profound, but in very simplistic terms, you know, like, oh, you know, we see that the solar system is, is similar in construction to an atom. So then some people might conclude, you know, if you take it out to its logical conclusion that perhaps, you know, our... Uh, our uh, universe is merely, you know, an electron and a giant atom of another universe. And, you know, these kind of things, you know, that that, that people will talk about from time to time. Then we go back to the Enlightenment where everything is a machine and everything's a clock, (laughs) basically. Or that, or that. I mean, you you can look, if you go through the periods of time in human history, you can see that the the various phases of how people have viewed their environment. And when science started to become triumphant and sort of took over everything, we we had this sort of mechanistic thing where where now everything is determined by laws that that have to be rigidly followed. And um, you know that's where that's where the where the problem is when whenever we're looking with science at some of the things that, that you guys talk about on your show and that we're talking about now, you know, even having to do with consciousness, there's a huge debate as to where consciousness is. Is it in the mind? Is it outside the mind? And if it's outside the mind, then what does that mean? Does that destroy the entire nature nature of materialistic science? I say yes, it does, because mm. uh, that that is something outside the purview of their understanding. Yeah, well, I mean, the, as Stan Friedman says in uh, in his talks, so, you know, you have the fossilized physicists and things like that. It's I don't think it's that science won't change. I think it's it's that um, we need new people to tout these ideas to take over from where the old scientists just won't budge on these issues. 
if if you get if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, here. people are entrenched within their own position, and they oh, yeah. have defended it for years and years and years. That's the only thing that they know. They're very reluctant to grasp onto new knowledge. They're very reluctant to put away old ideas and to try to grasp something new. And that's just the fact of life. And it's the way human beings are, unfortunately. I mean, they tend to cling to what's comfortable to them. Mm. So in, in some sense, you can't blame them. The only thing that I don't particularly care for when it comes to like a strictly scientific point of view on looking at some of the more weirder aspects of uh of reality like the paranormal for instance mm. is the um tub thumping that you get from some of these people who take on the so-called skeptic role and they're not skeptics at all they go out of their way to try to minimize and uh, debunk and ridicule people who hold alternate views on things such as consciousness and uh things related to the paranormal oh yeah debating you know? is not debating anymore it's just i'm right you're wrong and whoever exactly. shouts the loudest <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sad that it's come to those terms. Like, that it, instead of having a, a logical debate, but people, like like for example, like as paranormal investigators ourselves, it's very hard. Like my dad stopped trying to prove to science that there is something going on out there. He was just like, well, there's really no point in it in trying to do that because they're not going to budge. And the closest thing that we have is uh, using multiversal physics which is probably the only reasonable explanation and i've had friends tell me like when i explained this concept to them they were just like well actually that makes a lot more sense than most of the crap you see on tv like that's it's one it's just like that it's it's people it yeah it's pretty much it's that's pretty much it in a nutshell that it's just this that the multiverse explains all these things and it's very hard to get across to people but then again, you have some people saying, well, that's just like a maverick, a maverick like right wing or left wing or front wing, whatever, uh, like a small section of physicists that say, well, the, the multiple worlds interpretation of quantum physics is right because you have all sorts of things like string theory and people who think that everything's like the matrix and all that stuff. Which actually I did read somewhere that there was some German uh, philosopher who worked with a physicist in saying in like looking to see if there was like a like a small like the smallest amount of matter and they considered it like a pixel in a computer program so then they came up with a philosophy that everything is like the sims basically hmm but well there there was a, there was another uh, study i know recently which uh, showed that some uh, some aspects of uh, physical laws like um, various things that uh, uh, come out of uh, computational analysis uh, looking at the universe indicates that it might be a computer simulation as well. Mm. So moving on, we're going to get back to your experience here. We're actually coming up on, on our uh, second break here of the hour. But I, I wanted to ask you about the um, – what was your concept of time during this experience? Mm. That's actually uh, – that's, that's a good question. Um the 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 entire experience seemed to be timeless to me in the sense that I didn't really recognize any um, time passing, although I was experiencing things in a compressed format, you know, from uh, the other world where I was as well. I was experiencing things in sort of a fast forward kind of uh, uh, 
uh, thing that you would have, like if you, you know, put fast forward on your DVD player or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like seeing things very quickly as they moved forward. So, but, but actually time was, didn't really seem to be an issue. It was almost as if time uh, didn't have any bearing on the reality of the experience itself. Hmm, That's actually, that's, actually fascinating and i also i something just popped into my head now like what did any of your coworkers say anything like during work or did you just sort of just come back like nothing changed nothing <laughs> well actually actually uh my my very best friend uh works with me and uh i was working with him that day so i had the opportunity to actually discuss this with him after it happened and um we um we actually shot back and forth uh, different ideas about what might have been experienced, but um, but we ca- we came down to the conclusion that it, that it must have been as uh, as I thought it was that I just experienced myself living another life somewhere else, and for some reason that I have no idea how it works or why it happened. I just happened to interface with that other life for some reason for for a very short period of time, and it was enough to be an extremely profound and uh, amazing experience. Hmm. Very interesting. All right, we are going to head right to our break right here on CBS News Sky Radio, Behind the Paranormal, with Paul and Ben Eno. Stay with us. Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where leading spiritual experts serve as guides to nourish your soul. Every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lear. PSI 911 with Katie, Rhonda, and Christy. Life by Number with Celeste. And your Reiki journey with Heidi Harrison. Spiritually Speaking Radio for the Soul. CBS Radio's The Sky. Yeah. 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Ben Eno instead of Paul. I am currently covering for Paul and myself this evening. And with me tonight is Ted Torbich talking with some... Wonderful ideas and consciousness, memory, being non-local, concepts of time, and all sorts of other crazy, trippy stuff that we like to talk about here on Behind the Paranormal. <laughs> so let's get right back uh, to this. Now, has anyone you know come to you with an experience very similar to this? I've never heard of, I've never heard of anybody telling me specifically uh, about an experience that mirrored anything that I experienced myself. Um, I've heard... I've heard similar things, but nothing quite to the to the level that I that I experienced myself. I mean, that's just for me personally, anyway. Well, I've I've had some pretty crazy things happen to me. There was one time where I actually died, and uh, my consciousness shifted shifted over to um, my uh, this this whatever stream or whatever. I came up with the idea that if you ever seen the movie Donnie Darko? Oh yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, you know the the scene where he's sitting there and he's watching like football with his dad and his friend and his friend's dad, and the arrows come out of like the um, like his stomach and they point to where your destination is or whatever, and you follow it and it's like you follow your timeline. Yes. So I took that and put that in a multiverse perspective and used that to explain why there was this one time I was going to see my girlfriend up at uh, in Worcester in Worcester, Massachusetts. And it's a good, like, 45-minute drive from where I live, and I used to have this really terrifying little yellow Geo Metro. And um, thankfully it died, and it's gone forever, but it was a terrifying little car, and for some reason I decided to go 70 while it was raining on this very horrifying highway, and I hydroplaned at one point. And I distinctly remember hitting the guardrail and just flipping over, but then it's like... I shifted and went back into my car and just kept driving. And I was just like, oh, wow, I died there. It was it was a very interesting experience. And I remember talking to my dad about this later on, and he was like, you know, he was like, I was actually very scared for you to go up to Worcester like like that day. He was like, I was really, like, scared. And my girlfriend actually said the same thing, that she was, like, she was terrified of me driving up there that day. And I was like, no, I don't care. I'm a man. I'll... <laughs> suck, I'll, I'll suck it up and I'll drive up there. That's, but that was my, um, that was one of one of the few experiences I've had. But mostly mine happen to be when I'm sleeping, not when, <laughs> not when I'm working. Thank God that would just that would be terrible if I was on the air and all of a sudden I just switched universes. <laughs> In well, the yeah, of no, but what you're describing there is uh, quite amazing. Um, really, you're 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 just saying that. Um, Perhaps uh, if, if, if you're an example and you're not just a, um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, a singular example of this, if, if you're an example of uh, something that's commonly experienced by people, oh, I'd say that death experience. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that people I'd say that people should take a great deal of of happiness from that, because what it means is that you can you can avoid death altogether in that sense because you can always leave the world you're about to die in and go to another one 
uh, another very similar one, close timeline, very similar to, or in fact, probably where just about everything is exactly the same, except for maybe some very, very minor changes that uh, you wouldn't probably never notice during the course of the rest of your, that particular life anyway. Well, we've had emails from uh, listeners that that uh, would send us things like, well, if I commit suicide, would I be able to change into like a different universe because I don't like the one I live in? And the answer that my dad and I had for that was no. <laughs> no, no. I, no. <laughs> no. There's no way you you can't you you can't short you can't like short circuit the system. I don't think. No. And well, by doing that, by doing that, you're short circuiting the system, and it's not going to allow you to achieve what you want to achieve by some simple means like that. And the only thing you're going to end up doing if you were to do something as catastrophic as that would be to probably uh, cause a lot of grief and suffering amongst people that you love. And uh, that would that would not be a good thing in any stretch of the imagination. Well, it's like I had a, I had an intro to psychology course at the Community College of Rhode Island that I originally went to. And the one thing that my professor said over and over again was no man is an island. And that – connected up with this other idea it's uh like um it's it's like an african philosophy called ubuntu which is uh essentially whatever i do affects everybody else we have this very weird habit in uh the west that we think that whatever we do whatever we say it doesn't matter to anybody else except us when that's not true at all everything you do affects everybody else everything else everywhere else everyone else and Instead of thinking of it as, well, I hate my life, I want to change, you think about it as, how can I improve the lives of everybody else around me? Now, that's entirely different. It changes everything. It's sort. I feel like we make our own beds in the multiverse when it comes to that. When we can do something positive and affect everybody, as opposed to doing something negative and isolating yourself and breaking yourself away from the bonds of your fellow man. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, of course, you could take it a little more philosophically, too, Ben, by saying that uh, really when you boil everything down, we're all a sea of quantum particles. And mm. there is no separation between me and you or me and this table or you know anything else. So really we are everybody else. Indeed. You know? So there's, there's no way to, to, to change that. I mean if you boil down to quantum physics level – um, there, there's no differentiation between anything in the entire universe. It's just a sea of quantum particles. Oh no, no, we are all each other, and it's 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 very hard to say this in English because we use the word "I" and "you" and "me" more than any other language. Which I've noticed that in linguistics, that says quite a lot about our culture <laughs> that we have that we say the word "I" more than anything else. Like I've. Like I, you say I all the time, but it's very yes. hard to get rid of that personal pronoun, and it's that personal pronoun that kind of ruins trying to explain this because it's not about me being you; it's about us being us. Oh, I would agree with that absolutely. I think that uh, in order to, in order for people to to be able to approach life in a in a positive and affirmation. Uh, way towards improving themselves if they want to look at it from that point of view or improving all of us all at the same time as you as you said so yourself it's that um, 
we need to not be so focused on the idea of you know making something of ourselves but instead making an impact on society in general for the betterment of everybody indeed so let me uh, ask you a question you again we're coming up on another break we're just burning up this hour here so if you had to talk to somebody else who experienced not quite the same thing but a similar experience like um they switched lives with somebody let's say a woman turns into a man in a different universe or something like that what would be your advice to a fellow experiencer who sees this as negative hmm well if someone were to experience something like um you know switching into another universe where they were um maybe a victim of of some kind of crime or something like that i could see where they might think of it as as um as a negative experience or or if you were looking at it from some very specific religious points of view i suppose you could see it from a negative point of view as well um the only thing i would say is that uh, uh whenever you are given information whenever you're given knowledge whenever you have access to knowledge uh, the knowledge itself is never going to do anything. It's just knowledge. It's about the way it's applied. It's about how it's used by the individual who, who has access to it or the group or, or the society. And uh, so not, no information is either good or evil. It's, uh, it's how the person interprets it, how he incorporates it or she incorporates it into their lives and how they come to terms with it. And uh, it's it's about living the the fullness of what you experience as well, and that is also unfortunately embracing embracing some of the bad things that happen to you, and uh, you know working through them as you as you live. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, everything comes down to interpretation. Sure, and yeah, yeah so it's just information. So if you're if you're uh, you, you know if you look at it from a negative point of view. You know, um, maybe what you want to do is to try and analyze it a little more deeply to figure out how the experience itself can motivate you to be more positive in your life, you know, that you are experiencing right now. Mm. Well, I take, a, I take a different perspective in saying just let it go. I mean, it happened. And that, so. that's also equally valid, Ben. That's an equally valid point of view, yeah. Just let it go and let it just be what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody approaches certain things in certain ways. I mean, if if analyzing it's your thing, then it's your thing. I just like to let things go because I feel like it's it's this is all just a part of life that we're living. It's not just one of those things. It's it's definitely part of a larger experience that a lot of people are missing out on. Yeah, and 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 for me, for me even though, you know, I can't tell you if I was a man or a woman in the other in the other life. I felt that I was a little bit different than I am now. Uh, I th felt that I was a little bit younger than I am now. Um, the, it seemed contemporary. It seemed like it was around the same time period as 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 I'm living in this life right now. Um, so, if I were to gain anything from that, I might assume that it was a a close world, if you want to use that term, you know, mm. close being very similar to ours uh, in in many ways. But I was not myself. I was not the individual that is known as Ted Torbich here in this universe. I, w I was known by something else there. And, and at the end of that, I could say, you know, 
I'm very grateful to have that knowledge because it opens up a whole new vista of looking at things uh, and experiencing reality in a different way. And I think that's uh, that's probably about the best thing that that anybody could have is to be given the gift of something uh, truly uh, profound like that. And even though it you know may not lead to anything you know other than just the experience being what it was. Uh, I still take great heart in it because it was something so amazing to experience. Indeed. All right, so we're going to get back with more existential questions right here. I'm Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. It's been seven hours. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Yep, you better believe it. It is the final segment of Behind the Paranormal here on CBS News Sky Radio with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and with me tonight is Ted Torbich, and we are going to... Uh, Spend this last uh, 10 minutes or so to uh, wrap it up, so to speak. So, Ted, why don't you tell us uh, what you're working on, your websites, uh, Stench of Truth. Go on. Um, well, my main website is uh, thestenchoftruth.com. That's all one word, thestenchoftruth.com. I don't know anything name. about... I don't, I don't know anything about, like, web design or anything like that. I'm so lucky to have a huge fan in Massachusetts. Her name is Michelle, and she does all of my web work for me. And uh, she she put together the website, and uh, she keeps it updated and provides me with music as well. She's a talented musician. She provides music for my bumpers on my show. And um, so that's my main portal. And from there, you can get linked to my YouTube channel and also Facebook and Twitter. If you want to follow me or friend me, please do so. I, I welcome everybody. And um, also check out my videos. I've been on YouTube for probably about five or six years. I have almost 800 videos. I have almost 8,000 subscribers, which is really good for a politics and economics uh, blog on there. I, I think anyway. Uh, so oh, if you're interested in that sort of thing, yeah, go ahead and check it out. And my show, The Stench of Truth, airs every Friday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the Inception Radio Network. And uh, as you noted, I, I I am right now working on a book, but I'm just in the very early stages of it. And uh, it may turn out like your father's uh, last book, which he's still working on uh, many years down the road. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things where there's just so much going on. We are working exactly. on a book to get. Yeah, we're working on a book together, um, a compilation of our of our best shows and fan favorites and such. Speaking of which, I might as well just say this now while we're on the subject of websites. Our website is down, and uh, I've received a few calls and emails saying that they can't acquire podcasts and such. Well, we are working on it, but the website is down. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go on about that a little later. But I, I would give you details, but I'm pretty sure that's not quite appropriate for the time. So, Ted, let's uh, let's end this by talking about the um, the consciousness studies you mentioned at the beginning of the show. So you want to go on uh, talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. Um... The thing that I that I wanted to like impart to to people, if I could, when when we're talking about things like the paranormal and uh, you know the reality that we live in, you know whether it's a matrix, whether it's a, a holographic universe, whatever these different ideas that people have about it, where our consciousness resides, you know if it's if it's non-local, then uh, everything is non-local. You know if if, if if that's the case, then. You know, in reality, we could be, you know, in every place at every time. And uh, we could also travel without moving, all these sorts of things. It's, it makes uh, some of the greatest science fiction look, uh, you know, like everyday reality. And the thing about it is, is con if consciousness is non-local, then it's, in my view, it has to be everywhere. Mm. It can't reside anywhere else if it's not if it's not within you somewhere you know within your physical body, then it can't really reside anywhere else 
it has to be everywhere. Um, and if that's the case, then everybody's consciousness is everywhere. And we're everybody. We're always experiencing the same thing. And I don't want everybody to, you know, take this sort of from a new agey uh, kind of perspective because I, I generally don't go for that sort of thing, you know, the light and life kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but in reality, it, if you look at it from that point of view and you realize just how interconnected everything really is, I mean, it does kind of put you into a position where you really understand better what it is to be a human being and uh, to, to do the... Um, to do the things that you do in your life, to experience your life and to impact the people around you as, as well as you can. And when I look at the paranormal, I think of the, the weirdness. And I think that the answers to paranormal phenomenon are, are in the weirdness. Mm. It's not in the the regular stuff, and if you could call any of it regular, right? But yeah. uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's not the regular stuff. It's a really weird thing. So why is it that sometimes you know people experience you know a, an alien abdu abduction, say that where the aliens do something really bizarre and strange that doesn't have any kind of rhyme or reason to it? And why is it that some people experience you know? A, a poltergeist or a ghost or or whatever and it does things that doesn't make any sense there's no reason to it um so i think the answers to paranormal phenomenon and a lot of things that that we experience in our lives is in the weirdness so i would say to people if they want to have like some some uh you know overarching philosophy if they're looking at this or trying to understand some of the mysteries of life is to look at the weird parts of it because I think that's where the answers are. Well, yeah, it's interesting. My dad said a similar quote that the paranormal um, brings together religion, philosophy, and science because, if anything, they're all different types of logic used to describe the same thing because, if anything, logic is just something that people try to use to explain what's around them. Like uh, I had a philosophy teacher say that mythology was the first use of logic to describe – well, why is it lightning? Why is there lightning? Why is there fire? Why is there this? Why is there that? But we are running. We're almost out of time here. So, Ted, thanks for being with us. And we're definitely going to have to have you back sometime. And we may even appear on your show if you'd like to have us back. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No All doubt right. about it. Oh, yes. Thank, thank you so much for being on. It was it was really wonderful. And <laughs> thanks for bearing with me through this. <laughs> <laughs> you did fine. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for bearing with me through this uh very strange and definitely interesting edition of Behind the Paranormal. As I said, our website is down. So you, if you want to get our podcasts, you can go to iTunes to get them. And also, uh, we are going to be having open lines on our CBS edition of Behind the Paranormal next week. And also, uh, tomorrow on our WON edition, we are going to be having open lines as well to answer the emails from our ever-growing stack of emails. And everybody enjoys those. So we'll uh, end this by uh, going with a little quote from Lao Tzu here. By letting it go, it all gets done. The world is won by those who let it go. But when you try and try, the world is beyond winning. I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.